So, I want to start by asking you a question this morning. Have you ever missed out on a great offer? Maybe you've um, gone to the shops and you saw something in the sale, X, X percent off for something, and you've ummed and ahed and thought, should I, should I guess it? You got home and I thought, no, I won't get it. You got home and you thought, what on earth was I thinking? I missed out on a great offer. I did um, one of these online photo albums last year for a, a birthday present. Do you all know the kind of thing I mean? You go onto the internet and um, you choose your best digital photos, you upload them, and you arrange them into a fantastic-looking photo album. And then you click a button and pay lots of money. And then a few days later, your photo album arrives through the post, hopefully looking fantastic like this. And um, I did one last year for... Uh, it was for Hannah's birthday, actually. And um, I'll say so myself. I thought it turned out quite well. <laughs> but um, there's only one problem, isn't there? When you order something online, once they've got your email address, what happens? Get bombarded with lots and lots of emails. So I regularly now, on a regular basis, get something like this through the email. So it'll say something like, 10% off when you spend over £20. Get voucher code. It's easy to treat your loved ones. And isn't it strange how you get distracted by tiny things? I can't read this without looking at that little apostrophe on loved ones. Is it just me? Oh, that's not right, is it? That's, I, I didn't put that in, by the way. That's the genuine email. So, um, anyway, it's got nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But I just <laughs> <laughs> It's easy to treat your loved ones with the extensive range of unique gift items available from this website. Simply add this promo code at the basket to start enjoying savings. Okay, well, 10% off, that's um, sort of an okay offer, I suppose, isn't it? There was one thing that I didn't read out from that slide. Did anyone notice what I missed? Terms and conditions. End 29th of February. Oh no, I've missed it. To be honest, I've got really blasé about these offers. Because it says ends 29th of February. But if I completely ignore it, what happens? Next week, I'll get another one. And in fact, quite often, you get a better offer. So next time it'll be 15%, then it's 25% off. And they try to tempt you into taking an offer. In fact, I think the last one I got was 60% off. So there you go, top tips for online shopping for a film. So, um, that's all I've got to say today. Have a good day. <clears throat> However, some offers really are time limited. Now, I'm going to tell you a really sad story now, okay? So I just want you to prepare yourselves emotionally, okay? It's about glow sticks. So, some people are laughing. This is a sad story, okay? Um, not, not this Christmas. Christmas before, I took Lydia to um, a school Christmas party when she was four. So, got her dressed up in all her um, party clothes, did her hair. She was looking good. She was 
really excited about the party. We walked to school up at um, Eatrington, and um, we were in the, the queue waiting to go in the school. And as we were in the queue, I noticed that at the door there was a teacher with a bucket of glow sticks, giving glow sticks out to all the children as they went in. So I thought, oh, fantastic, Lydia loves glow sticks. So we got further and further up the queue, and then we got to the entrance to the school. Hi, Lydia, in you go. No glow stick. So I said, oh, can, can Lydia have a glow stick? She, she loves glow sticks. So said, oh, I'm really sorry. It's only for the children whose parents filled the form in and sent the money in. I think I may have misjudged this story. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it wasn't our fault because for some reason we'd not got the letter and it was the first we'd heard about it. So you can imagine the, um, the situation, can't you? We both stood there waiting to go in and we've, I've got these two big brown eyes looking up at me. Okay. <coughs> So what, what do you say to a four-year-old when all the friends have got glow sticks but your four-year-old doesn't have a glow stick? What on earth was I going to do? Who'd like to know how this story ends? <laughs> we'll come back to that later. <clears throat> okay, so um, we come to our passage now in... Um, Luke chapter 13. So, just as a, a little bit of background, Jesus was travelling to Jerusalem to fulfil the ministry that his heavenly Father had sent him for. And as he went towards Jerusalem, he'd stop at various villages and towns on the way to teach and to preach. And at one particular place, this is what happened. At this time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said... Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. I just want to stop right there before we go any further because I think there's a really obvious application here that we shouldn't ignore. Jesus was doing what his heavenly father told him to do. He was fulfilling his calling. And then he gets what appears to be some really good advice. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, and it's true, he is certainly in danger. And the Pharisees come up to him, and they advise him to turn around and go somewhere else. Now, the Pharisees have got a really bad reputation, haven't they, from the Bible? And rightly so. Uh, most of them were complete hypocrites. But we could give them the benefit of the doubt here. We could say that maybe these Pharisees were genuinely concerned for Jesus, and they were looking after his safety. Or we could say, the Pharisees and Jesus never saw eye to eye, and they were just using any argument that they could to get rid of Jesus and get him to go away. But actually, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which of those is true, because at the end of the day, it's the devil that was behind this, trying to discourage Jesus from, from, from fulfilling what he was supposed to do. And Jesus is no fool, is he? He saw straight through this, straight away. And he gave an answer 
in no uncertain terms. He said, you go tell that fox, which is a real insult, it's kind of a weak, cunning leader, go tell that fox, Herod, I will keep on driving out demons and keep healing people today and tomorrow, and on the third day, I will reach my goal. I just want to encourage you this morning, because whenever we do something that's worthwhile, you can be sure that the devil will try and discourage you. And sometimes it comes in the form of what appears to be really good advice. So, someone might say to you, you sure you want to do this? It's going to be um, an awful drain on your time, you know. Have you thought about finances? It's going to cost you. Or sometimes the way the devil works best is when he gets inside our heads, doesn't he? And he starts making you doubt. Well, I thought I was called to do this, but now I'm not too sure. There's lots of other people, much more gifted than me. Perhaps I should let them do it. Can I just encourage you today, if you come across discouragement, just think back to that original calling, to that time when you thought that the Lord was asking you to do something. Make sure that nothing puts you off. Make sure you see it through to the end. That's what Jesus does here, and he carries on towards Jerusalem. So, he presses on towards Jerusalem, and um, he gets to a particular place, and he says this. And this first starts by saying, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Now, again, I just want to stop before we go any further, I just want to ask you a question. When was the last time that you said a person's name twice to get their attention? Now, I'm not talking now about when I'm downstairs and, and Hannah's upstairs and she's got her earphones and the door's shut because I use a name a lot more than twice and it gets louder and louder and louder. But just in general conversation, when was the last time you used someone's name twice? Just let you have a, a little think about that. While I have a drink. Ice. Very posh. I'm not sure that actually I've ever used someone's name twice. If I'm sat next to Sonia, I don't go, Sonia, Sonia. I just say, oh, Sonia. You don't need to say it twice, do you? And... um, Whenever we see something like this in the Bible, we can be sure that what comes next is either very important or, and, very emotional. So, do you remember when Jesus was visiting the house and he says to to Martha, who's busy doing all the jobs, the ironing or the hoovering or whatever she was doing, and Jesus says, Martha, don't worry about all the jobs. What's important is a relationship with me. Come and sit down and talk to me. And then there was the time, um, do you remember, on the road to Damascus when uh, Saul was stopped by God and he had an amazing encounter and he was blinded. And God said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So when we say your name twice, it's something important and very emotional. I wonder what emotions Jesus was feeling and going through at this time. Now, bearing in mind, Jesus was a prophet. He was much more than a prophet, wasn't he? But Jesus was a prophet, and he's on his way to Jerusalem, 
We can see from this verse what Jerusalem did to prophets and how they treated them. I wonder what he was feeling. I think I know what emotions I would be feeling. If I'm honest, I'd be really, really scared. I'd be thinking, what on earth is going to happen to me in Jerusalem? And I'd be really angry as well, actually. Now, Jesus knew that there was a judgment coming on Jerusalem in the not-too-distant future. If I'm honest, if I was Jesus, I'd be thinking, well, if this is how you're going to treat me, then you deserve everything you get. You deserve that judgment. But you know what? There was nothing of that emotion in Jesus. Jesus isn't like us, is he? Jesus was filled only with love. Can I just say that if anyone thinks that God enjoys giving out punishment, think again. God is a God of love. He always has been. Always will be. So how do we know that Jesus was filled with love? Well, we get this really strange statement, don't we? How often have I longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing? What a strange thing to say. Jesus comes out with some really strange sentences, doesn't he, sometimes? What on earth does that mean? There you go, some little little cute fluffy chickens for you to look at there. Who doesn't like fluffy chickens? So, why do you think um, a hen might gather a chicks under her wings? Apparently, a hen can make this, this little noise, and all the chicks know what that noise means, and they all flock to the hen, and the hen puts her wings over the chicks. Why do, why do you think a, a hen might do that? Why would they put the wings? Protection? Yeah, protection from what? Protection from... Danger. Yeah, that's right, Ethan. Keep it safe. And quite often, protection from prey. So little chicks, they're too small to understand when they're in danger. But the hen knows straight away when prey is around and they try to, to protect them. And Jesus knows that judgment is coming on Jerusalem for the way that they've treated the prophets. And the same instinct in Jesus, the heart of love that wants to protect Jerusalem is the same instinct that we see in a hen that wants to protect the chicks. And um, I read something that I thought was really relevant for Mother's Day. There's a, a Bible commentator called G. Campbell Morgan. And he said of this verse that it shows the mother heart of God. The mother heart of God that loves the children, that just wants to protect them. Now, we have to be a bit careful here because... Obviously, the Bible's very clear, isn't it? It talks about God as a he. So we've got God the Father, and then when he comes to earth in human form, it's Jesus, the Son. So God is a he. But in this context, G. Campbell Morgan says, this shows the mother heart of God. So really, this is quite um, a warm, fuzzy verse of Jesus loving and protecting until we get right to the end of the sentence. And then we get these slightly chilling words, actually, that say, but you were not willing. But you were not willing. And there's some some parallels here with um, the parable parable in the next chapter, Luke 14. Do you remember when the 
the man prepares a banquet and he invites people out uh, to the banquet and they don't come and they give various excuses. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's just me. Um, I know humour doesn't always translate very well, does it, from generation to generation. But I think some of these excuses are absolutely hilarious. I don't know if Jesus meant to be funny, but this, this top one's probably my favourite. I've just bought a field and I need to go and see it. Now, I, I'm not a property developer, so maybe someone else can tell me, but if you're going to buy a field, wouldn't you go and see it first? Just, just put your hands up if you've ever bought a house. Who's bought a house? Yeah, quite a few people. Keep your hands up if you've bought a house without looking at it first. That's a relief. <laughs> you, just, you don't do it, do you? You don't do it. It's just an excuse. Or, there is another way to look at this. Maybe the guy had seen the field before, but he was so excited about his new acquisition that he wanted to go and look at it again. That was more important than this invitation. What about the last one? I've just got married, so I can't come. Well, I've got a little bit of sympathy with this one. (laughs) I I was told to say that. No, I wasn't. Because getting married is a big deal, isn't it? But if you think about it, why does the fact that you've just got married mean that you can't go to a meal? When me and Sonia got married, we went on honeymoon and we came back on the Saturday and then we'd been invited to someone's house for a meal on the Saturday evening. Just because we'd just got married didn't stop us accepting an invitation. I think what this guy was saying was, my family is more important than this invitation. What about the middle one? I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. I suppose um, maybe a modern day equivalent is I've just expanded my business and I need to work. Sounds to me like this guy saying my business is more important than this invitation. You know what? These are not reasons, are they? These are excuses. They couldn't be bothered accepting the invitation. Now, um, we're at that time of year when some of our young people are applying to, uh, to universities and they're desperately hoping to get an offer back. Now, some of you can probably tell me, but, but I guess that the dream is that you apply to your number one university and they give you an unconditional offer. Is that the dream? That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? I'm getting a few nods. Has anyone actually got an unconditional offer? This year. Oh, we've got one. Very well done. Excellent. You don't get many because they're very difficult to come by. You don't get many unconditional offers. Don't worry about your grades. We just want you. Just come. And Jesus gives us an unconditional offer, doesn't he? Jesus says, it doesn't matter what you've done wrong. Just come as you are. It doesn't matter if you don't think you're good enough which is all of us, by the way. Just come as you are. doesn't matter if your life is in a mess. Just come as you are. But sadly, there are still people that don't take up that offer. It's an amazing offer. It's an unconditional offer. But there's another thing about this offer. It's amazing. It's unconditional. But... 
It's time limited. It's time limited. Which reminds me. Who'd like to know how the story ends? So there's Lydia, two big brown eyes, looking up at me, hoping desperately for some glow sticks. I'll give you the short version. How many glow sticks do you reckon Lydia went home with that day? Four? Someone say four? Five? One? I'll put you out of your misery. Big fat zero. Not one. She didn't get any glow sticks because we'd left it too late. I wish there was a nice ending to that story. (laughs) Lydia's probably thinking, so do I. Um, Now, listen, don't worry about Lydia, okay? I told her this story yesterday. She didn't even remember it happening. (coughs) And as as soon... As soon as she went in school, she saw her friends, more importantly, she saw the food, and um, she played all the games, she had a fantastic time. But as far as glow sticks go, she'd miss the boats. So you don't need to be concerned for Lydia, but we do need to be concerned for people today who haven't accepted Jesus' offer. There's another verse in that same chapter, slightly earlier on, Luke 13. It says this, Once the owner of the house gets up and shuts the door, you will stand outside, knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for us. But he will answer, I don't know you, or where you came from. It's tragic, but true, that some people will realise what amazing offer this is from Jesus, but they realise too late. I don't want that to be any of our family. I don't want that to be any of our friends. And we need to keep praying earnestly, don't we, for their salvation. And I don't know, maybe there's even people here today who've never accepted Jesus' offer. All I can say is, don't leave it too late. Well, the good news is it's not too late yet. So I was having a moment before about all these offers that come through by email that I don't really want. What about if you got an email with this offer? How would you feel about this? 100% of sins, of the wrong things we've done, forgiven. 100% guarantee of a home in heaven and a relationship with Jesus. Best offer ever. Simply accept to start enjoying the benefits. But, don't forget the terms and conditions. One day, this offer will be off the table and nobody really knows when. Don't leave taking this offer too late. Well, it's Mother's Day. This is one of the slides that should have been in talk one. Okay, so... We talked about mums, and um, these were some of the answers that people gave when they said, what comes to mind when you think of uh, a mother? So in the passage we looked at, we saw protector, how the hen looks after the chicks. So all these things people said about mums. But 
as I was looking through them, actually it occurred to me that all these things, they don't just apply to mothers, do they? It occurred to me that maybe they apply to someone else as well. Sacrificial. Give up their own life for the children. Loves to give us good things. I think these could be applied to our loving Heavenly Father. Um, in a moment, we're going to watch um, a YouTube clip, and it's a dedication um, to mothers everywhere. Now, I don't know what kind of relationship you had with your mum. Maybe it wasn't as idyllic as the video makes out. So, if you struggle to relate the video to your earthly mother, can I suggest that maybe you take the opportunity to relate the video to your Heavenly Father as well. I just want to point out that top right quote as well. A mother doesn't stop being a mother when we stop being children. Maybe there's people here who have accepted the offer, and you're Christians, but maybe feel you've not been a great child of God lately. Maybe you've wandered away, and your Christian life isn't as it should be. All I can say is that when we wander away, God is still right there. A mother doesn't stop being a mother when we stop being children. Why don't you take the opportunity today to come back to God and he'll welcome you with open arms.